Welcome everybody to The Runner On Air. My name is Damien and I am your host. Today we're going to have Chris Burdick on sports and Chastity Sims on events. All right, let's get started. At the last ASI meeting on February 28th, a decision was made to remove the position of Director of Legislative Affairs and add Vice President of Legislative Affairs. Essentially, they promoted a position within ASI. Aaron Aragon, who currently holds the position of Director of Legislative Affairs, said about the decision. There was a Vice President of External Affairs a couple years ago in Associated Students. The position lost interest. Again, it was a different time. We are looking at 2015, 2016. Then they decided to bring the position back as a Director position to Legislative Affairs to get more interest in. As, as last year, we developed a lobby corps team, which lobbies on behalf of the university. So now there is interest in the position, and it was a perfect time to bring back the Vice President position for Legislative Affairs to really lead advocacy efforts for the CSU Bakersfield campus, CSU AV, and the CSU. Um, most CSU's associate students have a vice president of external affairs or vice president of legislative affairs, so it's time for this associate student to go back to having our vice president of external back on the executive officers. In an email sent by Leslie Williams on February 27th, the provost recognized the new interim associate vice president for faculty affairs. Bruce Hartzell, lecturer for the master's program in social work and an active member of the faculty senate, was appointed to the position until fall 2020. Hartzell said about the position, Because this is an interim position, to me the most important thing is to maintain continuity and stability so people have a sense of security that life goes on even though there's a change in personnel. I think the other important thing for me to do is try to make sure faculty members feel supported. I think when faculty members feel supported, things tend to go well. And when faculty members uh, feel insecure because of changes that are going on or whatever other reasons, then that trickles down in a lot of ways and that's not good. So we want to make sure faculty members feel supported. It's always an interesting challenge to move from one side of certain kinds of issues to another side of issues, but it's not really unusual. As an example, if we think about the difference between a prosecuting attorney and a defense attorney, it's not unusual for people to switch from one side to the other. We know the issues. In a sense, we all believe in the system. We believe in the process. We want to make sure there's a good process. And so I think it's reasonable to assume I was chosen for this position because I'm very familiar with the processes involved, which is, in a sense, the HR function for faculty as distinguished from staff on campus. The conditions under which faculty members work is really important for the experiences students have in the classroom. So recruiting, selecting faculty, uh, supporting faculty on the job, supporting the department chairs as they try to coordinate the things that are going on within their departments are all part of the function of this vice pre associate vice president position. And so although there's not a direct impact on students, there's a really important indirect impact on students. I think it's important that all faculty and students know we're a team. We're here to support one another. We want to build a strong sense of community where people know how to deal with conflict effectively. If we can't do it here on this campus, it's unrealistic to think we can teach people to do it out there in the community. So it's really important that we learn to treat each other well here. The Counseling Center received about $200,000 from two different grants. Janet Miller, coordinator of the Counseling Center, shared with me how she felt. I'm thrilled. We um, need money for more counselors, but since that's not coming down the pike, we got one-time money to be able to provide outreach and uh, information. And so I'm, I'm tickled. Anything we can do to address psychological injuries and the symptoms that are 
that, that happen for students, the better off we are. The wellness component of the Basic Needs Partnership was for $75,000. Oh, that one's really exciting. So we're going to use that money to increase our media and our audio presence on campus. When I wrote this grant, I was thinking about trying to create videos that will maybe indicate what it would be like to make a first appointment or what do I do if my friend's talking to me and I think they need to go to the counseling center, how do I do that? We also have workshops, Anxiety Toolbox, Getting Unstuck from Depression, Rio, which is a mindfulness workshop, and we can professionally video those and uh, then be able to upload them onto our website. So student who's nervous or worried wants to find out what are some tricks to manage anxiety can go to our toolbox and boop, watch that video um, or those series of videos to see what information is available to them and to build their skill set. We're doing that with the audio portion too. For example, creating guided imageries to help people relax. We'll go through the progressive relaxation steps to help people relax a little bit. Words of encouragement and, you know, just things that students can access at two o'clock in the morning for a little bit of, I think I can make it. So we're going to do that. Also some outreach and for the Antelope Valley Center, we're going to create a peace space out there. There's a, a tree that's been determined that we can use that, build a bench, maybe make a water feature there, and then outreachy kinds of things. You see, it's there's not very much, many of us for all the students that there are, so we were trying to find things that we could do that weren't going to tax the counselors even more or just buy brochures, right? Pass out $125,000 worth of brochures. So we found and developed things that maybe students and faculty can actually use in the moment when they're upset. CSUB received $125,000 with the Mental Health Partnership. AB 74 goes with the goes with the basic needs. The $125,000 that we got is the governor assigned the CSU $3 million in one-time funds to be used towards mental health. So each of the 23 campuses ask for as much as $125,000. We were stuck, right? Because here's somebody that says, here's $125,000. We're like, eh, but we need people to do the work. So what can we do that will still get information to students, faculty, and staff, but not overtax the counselors who are here doing the work, right? I don't, I don't need them out tabling when, when we have a wait list of students. So I dreamed up the Central Valley, Dr. Wallace gave me the name drive-ins. So, but my idea was to create workshops, one-day workshops where faculty, staff, uh, students can come and learn about specific topics and its relationship to student success. For example, more and more students are on the spectrum, right? And so, and we, and faculty don't always know what to do about that. How do we manage those people? They get angry easily or transitional age youth and student success. 
incarcerated or formerly incarcerated students, veterans and student success, psychosis. We have a lot more students that are here with psychotic disorders and a coaches conference, the ability to uh, help coaches manage student athletes' mental health. That's been an area that's not been. So you can see that I've picked sort of areas that are tucked under the in the shady part and I want to bring them into the light and to give everybody a little bit more opportunity to understand. Now the other thing about the Central Valley is that not very often do big name people come here and talk to us. They much rather go to San Diego or you know Los Angeles or someplace else but with this money it'll allow us to find professional big name speakers to come and talk about transgender students and how to manage the concerns and issues that might come up for them on a campus in terms of bullying or bathroom rights that kind of stuff so that's what I think is really kind of cool because the name of the grant is mental health partnerships and in this way we're going to be using the county um, other CSUs community colleges to come to our campus and learn about these issues that are really important to students success Hello everyone, Chris Burdick here again, the co-sports editor for this semester for The Runner, and here's everything going on in the world of CSUB sports and athletics. CSUB Swimming took part in their WAC Championship tournament over the weekend starting on Wednesday, February 26th. The Roadrunners men's and women's swim teams brought back six total titles, nine first-team all-WAC nods, and 14 total second-team all-WAC nods, and broke a total of 10 different school records. Most notably, sophomore Autumn Darcy recorded a new record of 25 total wins on the season, putting her two over the previous. Dang, this puts her two wins over the previous winner, Paola Hernandez, for the most wins by a CSUB female swimmer in a D1. This will put her two wins over previous owner Paola Hernandez for the most total wins by a CSUB female swimmer in a season at the D1 level. The CSUB women's swim team led the way for the Roadrunners, coming in fifth overall with a final score of 434 points, while the men's team finished sixth overall with a final of 341.5 points. Some of the CSUB swimmers will be back in action in two weeks for the National Invitational Championships that will be taking place on March 11th in Cleveland, Ohio. CSB basketball was back in action this last week as they took on the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley on Thursday and New Mexico State on Saturday. The women's team was back in action first as they traveled to Endenburg, Texas on Thursday for a heated match with the Valqueros. Sophomore Jaden Eggleston was able to keep the Roadrunners in the game throughout with her 14 total points and 6 rebounds, but unfortunately it was not enough to push them past UTRGV and were unable to bring home the win in Texas. The team fell with a final score of 74-65. to They continued their road trip on Saturday as the Roadrunners traveled to La Cruces, New Mexico to take on the Aggies. This team was able to push the game to overtime after a late fourth quarter comeback. Four different Roadrunners recorded double figures in points, but it was not enough to beat the Aggies in overtime as they lost with a final of 67-62. The women's team currently sits sixth in the WAC with a 7-8 record, with their final game coming this next Saturday against Grand Canyon University. The men's team took on both the Valqueros and the Aggies at home this past week, starting with UTRGV on Thursday night. CSUB was able to put together a stellar game offensively behind strong performances by redshirt junior guard Taze Moore, who recorded 18 points in his 34 total minutes. 
and junior forward Sean Stith, who dominated inside the entire game and finished with 21 total points as the team was able to break their three-game losing streak and walk out of the Icardo Center with a win with a final score of 79-58. to and junior forward Sean Stith, who dominated inside all game and finished with 21 points as the team was able to break their three-game losing streak and walk out of the Icardo Center with a win with a final score of 79-59. to As the CSUB Roadrunners look to take home a win on homecoming night in what would be their final whack home game ever. The Roadrunners were led by Taze Moore once again, who scored 18 points on the game, and junior guard DeMonte Buckingham recorded his 1,000th point of his collegiate career between his career at Richmond University and here at CSUB. But the Aggies proved to be too much to handle for the Roadrunners as the game went to the Aggies with a final score of 62-46. to the men's team currently sits 7th in the WAC with a record of 7-9, and, and their final game will also be taking place against Grand Canyon University this Saturday in Phoenix, Arizona. CSUB baseball took on Holy Cross University over the weekend as the series started on Saturday, February 29th. The team battled with HCU close throughout, but ultimately came up short in the series opener, losing 5-4. The second game took place the next day where the Roadrunners were able to get revenge behind a masterful pitching performance by senior pitcher Ethan Scuja as the team was able to even the series with a 7-3 win. Monday's game against Holy Cross was a rough one, however, as the team was beaten early and often as the team came up short in the third game of the series with a final of 16-2. The final game of the series will be scheduled for Tuesday, March 3rd at 6 p.m. And finally, the women's beach volleyball game had a group of matches in Irvine, California on Friday, starting with an exhibition match against Irvine Valley College, and then taking on Concordia, Irvine University, and Santa Clara University. CSUB was able to win the exhibition match with a final score of 3-2, but then lost their first regular season match this year, 3-2 against Concordia University soon afterwards. The Roadrunners were forced to bounce back quickly and did against Santa Clara University, however, and won that match 4-1. Baseball has a three-game series against Santa Clara University coming up starting on Friday, March 6th. That game will start at 6 p.m. Saturday's game will start at 1, and Sunday's game is scheduled for noon. CSUB softball will take place in the UCR Classic this weekend in Riverside, California. The games will start up on Friday with a game against Southern Utah University at 9, and then Michigan State University at 11.30. The games will then continue on Saturday as the Roadrunners will take on the University of California Riverside twice at 1 and 3 p.m., and then the tournament will finish on Sunday with a rematch against Southern Utah at 9 a.m. This will be the third and final tournament for the Roadrunners softball before their first three-game series of the regular season takes place against UC Davis. CSB Outdoor Track and Field will get its season started this weekend in the beach opener in Long Beach, California, starting on Friday, March 6th. That meet is scheduled for all day Friday and Saturday. Wrestling will take place in their Pac-12 championships in Stanford, California. The meet's time is still to be determined. Women's Beach Volleyball has a triplet of matches coming up on Saturday in Santa Cruz, California, as they will take on Santa Cruz University again at 9 a.m., St. Mary's University at noon, and then San Francisco University at 3 p.m. CSUB Women's Soccer has an exciting match this Saturday against the University of Southern California Trojans at the soccer fields. That match is scheduled for 1 p.m. And finally, CSUB Basketball will play its final game in the WAC Conference this Saturday as they will take on Grand Canyon University. The women's team will be playing at home first in the Icardo Center. That game is scheduled for a 2 p.m. tip-off. And the men's team will be traveling to Phoenix for their battle with the Lopes, and that game is scheduled for 5 p.m. Hello, everyone. I'm Chastity, and I'll be covering the event segment on this week's podcast. So today, Wednesday, March 4th, there will be a NALCO Champion Information Session. 
So if you're interested in learning about opportunities with this Ecolab company, this session will be held in the Science Building, room 123, from 5 to 6 p.m. From 4 to 5.30 in the same building, in the same classroom, Navar um, will be presenting the company structure and jobs available uh, with a focus on the new profession program. So if you're interested in that. And then later on, Thursday, the Writing Resource Center will be in the Student Union Lounge from 5 to 7 p.m. if you need any essays revised. And then from 8 to 10.30 on March 5th is the opening day for the Who's Tommy play. This production will be addressing uh, different topics such as sexual assault, incest, drug use, and bullying. And I'll actually be interviewing some of the cast and crew members uh, at the end of this podcast if you're interested in hearing more about the production. And if you can't make it on Thursday, there will be another showing of the play on Friday and Saturday from 8 to 10.30 p.m. in the Dora Theater in the main theater. And moving on to the following week, um, starting Monday, is Motivational Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. And that's on the Student Union patio, and there will be uh, free snacks while supplies last. And Tuesday, March 10th, Campus Programming will be revealing the Spring Runner Artist this year. And this will be held on the Student Union patio as well from 11.30 to 12.30, and there will be free food. So lastly, um, the following day, uh, Immigration Legal Services will be available for anyone who needs help with their DACA paperwork or family-based petition forms. And this will be held in the SHW Rohan First Floor on Wednesday, March 11th from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Okay, I'm here with the cast members of the Who's Tommy production. Um, so why don't you guys go around and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jan. I play Pinball Ed along with other characters. My name is Denica Nabor. I am an ensemble member, but I also play Mrs. Simpson. Uh, my name is, this is Jacob Coda. Uh, I, I'm playing Uncle Ernie in this play. In this show, <laughs> musical. <laughs> so um, what should people expect from this show? A lot of heavy things. And a lot of singing. <laughs> a lot of singing. If you're into rock, if you know The Who, this will be a familiar musical for you. Yeah. There's, there's been actually a lot of references uh, to The Who, like Pete Townsend's favorite uh, windmill guitar playing at one point. I think someone did that at, at some point. But yeah, there's, there's going to be definitely a lot of Who references, uh, a Keith Moon reference, uh, like everyone. Everyone in The Who, there's a reference there. I think I oh. might have done that reference with the with the guitar. Yeah, because I because I do it in one of the, uh, the one of the, uh, the the songs. The numbers. The, num- the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> the numbers. I do it from one of them. Okay, so I heard that it's pretty heavy. You were saying people should be in the right headspace before they watch the show. Yeah, we want to invite um, people to come see the show, but also um, please be wary that there will be um, content that is not suitable for children at all. <laughs> right. Okay. Please do not bring your kids to the show. Like, just, <laughs> I, I gotta stress. It's heavy, mm-hmm. 
But like, just in case anybody, you know, accidentally brings their kid because they see the name Tommy and they think it's a kid's show, don't, don't. <laughs> a pinball, pinball, pinball is a gay kid's it? game. <laughs> yeah, um, there's there's a lot of heavy themes of like assault, bullying. and Bullying is a um, Another thing that I think is really important is that there's gunshots in the show. So, uh, they're, they're fake gunshots. Yeah, they're fake they're, Johns. Heads yeah. yeah. up to veterans, too. There's a Jody reference in there, so, uh, yeah. How long have you guys been uh, rehearsing the play? Um, I think we've been doing this for about six weeks or seven weeks. Yeah, like the first week of school, so yeah. January. Oh, wow, so you put a lot of work yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first showings will be this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 8 p.m. And then for next week, it will be Friday, Saturday, also at 8 p.m. And then on Sunday, will be at 2 p.m. Matinee awesome. showing for the people who can't make it in the evening. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So what other production should students be anticipating? Do you guys know of any? There's um, Theater New theater, Voices. Theater New Voices. Yes, yeah. Theater New Voices. I am in two of the, those six plays that they're going to they're gonna be showing, so. Oh, awesome. They should keep, keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. Theater New Voices is basically theater students, uh, seniors, they write one act, and then other students direct each other's um, plays. <laughs> and so that's a really exciting um, production that's coming up. Oh, how cool. Yeah, just describing the set. like. <laughs> so in closing the interview, what would you guys tell people to get them to come out and want to see the show? We have very colorful lightings. We have an amazing uh, pit band with guitar solos aplenty. We have uh, a, a, a pyro effect. Uh, I might be I might be slightly slightly exaggerating, but it's definitely pyro if you look at the, if you look at an urban dictionary and if you see it, it's definitely like would mark it under pyro. So that's that's something to look forward to in suspense. Yeah, I, the set is really awesome. Uh, we, we even have like a turntable and like a lot of like flashy lights. So that's very, very exciting. And a lot of the musicians are talented in the show, the actors and as well as the musicians. It's really exciting. Uh, we've got some great singers. Um, and obviously with the, the band, the live band, it'll be even better. It's, it'll be, if you're familiar with The Who, this will be just like listening to the Tommy album. Although it's a little bit more upbeat for some of the songs. There's, there are some changes that Pete Townshend made, but if you love The Who and you love the Tommy album, you should come just listen to the music. It is great music. Also, the costumes are awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were showing me they have a lot of costumes. They said about seven per character. Yeah, costume roughly. Changes. Seven changes. Wow, yeah, roughly. That's crazy. At least, yeah. They put a lot of work into this, so make sure to come check out The Who's Tommy play March 5th. The doors open at 7.30, um, and it starts at 8. And that concludes this week's episode of The Runner on Air. Tune in next week for an update on the latest news, sports, and events happening on campus. If you or a friend produce music and would like to earn some extra cash for school, we're looking for student producers interested in creating content for the organization. If interested, email us at runner at tucb.edu. Make sure to check us out on our website, therunneronline.com, or check out our YouTube channel, our SoundCloud, or any other of our social media.